you for joining me on episode 35 of the Unique On A Purpose podcast, helping you find victory in how God has uniquely created you. I am your host, Rachel Gentleman, just a regular gal, trying to help people know that they are called to be victors in Christ Jesus. And mama, are you struggling today? Because as Mother's Day fast approaches, it can be a time of joy, or for some of us, it can be a time of grief. And sometimes you just need to hear from someone else who's been there. Deanna Gott, author of A Mother's Hope Restored, shares her motherhood trials and how we can overcome. Welcome back to the Unique On A Purpose podcast. I'm Rachel Jenneman, and today we are traveling all the way to Louisiana, one of my favorite states, and we are talking to Deanna Gotts. Deanna, you are a wife, you're a mom, you're a grandma now, and I've heard... I've heard that being a grandparent is God's reward for not killing your own children. So I don't know if that's true. You could speak to that. Um, I actually told my, because they're all from my oldest son, and I told him when they gave us the delight of having the first one, I was like, okay, seriously, if I would have known that the... Being a grandmother was this great. I would have skipped having have children skipped it, and yeah. got great grandchildren. <laughs> I don't know that he appreciated that, but <laughs> it's really it is like the absolute joy of being a parent is Aww. having those grandbabies. That's awesome. But like it gives you hope through those teenage years, I guess. But Deanna, you're yeah. now an author, and we're going to talk a little bit about your book here in a moment, A Mother's Hope Restored, which I I think that title grabs all of us as mothers, because I think mm. all of us as mothers, we've been through the ringer. We think maybe we're the only ones, but we're mm-hmm. not. And But you have a story, and you have taken your story, and you're turning it into purpose. Take me back. Tell me a little bit of the one, the purpose of the book, but there's a story behind why you wrote it, and you go into it in the first few chapters, but share with me that story and who you are, of course. Okay, so as you said, I'm a, a mother to three, and I'm a grandmother to three at this point. We are like your average I would, I think, your average Christian family, you know, we've, like, tried to, like, do all the things that, you know, you think of being an average Christian family. You know, raise your kids in the Word, raise your kids to love God and do right and all of the things. And so one of the things I, I talk about in the book is the blindsided moment. That's the title of my first chapter. And we really dealt with that in 2017 where the enemy came in and of course the enemy is very i tell people all the time like the enemy is very cunning very Mm -hmm. cunning like Mm -hmm. we do not give him enough credit for how cunning he is and how on guard we need to be and so my baby is a girl and she was 17 at the time had just turned 17 and she uh, got involved in a relationship via the internet. So that's a whole other subject that we'll have to do another podcast on. (laughs) Um, So it was, um, she got involved with this guy who, when we found out about it, like we knew his name, we knew him to be bad news. We knew him to come from a very dysfunctional family. But when we found out that she was actually involved with him, 
it threw us for a loop. And unfortunately, I would say now, like, I parented right there in that moment out of complete fear. I mean, I did all of the control things that you Mm -hmm. might think, you Mm -hmm. know, shut down. I did everything except putting bars on our windows and doors. And so we, we entered a journey of, of literally um, nothing we had ever prepared for. It was, we went into six months of intense counseling. I mean, she had been extremely groomed by this young man. And so we had to do a lot of like... When you say um, young man, was he quite a bit older than her? I mean, was there an age gap there? Was Did he go to school with he her? He was enough older that it put him in a position of legal issues. That it mattered. That it very sense. much mattered. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. But as far as the world, like what he had been exposed to he was way older Mm -hmm. and what his intent was was way older than where abby was in that point in her life we went through some some serious six months of just i tell people i sat on a four-foot couch for six months with her literally like making sure she did not harm herself, making sure she did not try to take her life because this was the journey that we were on. And so even like past that, getting into why I wrote the book, but even past that, like once we were past the initial upheaval and intensity, then mom started going through some real serious turmoil. And I had, because my world had become about Abby and, and making sure that Abby was alive and staying alive, then I had done so much isolating myself that I was truly an emotional wreck, <laughs> like, yeah. like truly an emotional wreck. So what I found was about three years ago, after, you know, I'd been on this journey for a while and the Lord had really begun to heal me. And we'll talk about that, I know, in a minute. But I started having moms, like, come to me, moms that were really struggling, you know, in some form of crisis. Like, it seemed like at least twice a week I was being talked to by another mother and so I started realizing like man we are not alone in this and that is the lie of the devil that he wants us to think like we are alone you're alone in your journey as a mom and I know that I believe that I believe that hook line and sinker that no one would understand where I was and I started thinking like how do you you know how can I reach more moms? How can I tell them Mm. like, Hey, Rachel, you're not alone. I've never even met you, but I want you to know you're not alone. And of course, book form came to mind. I write a lot on social media and I get a lot of people saying, write a book, write a book. And I'm like, Oh no. Like that was just like to me completely out of my wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. So I was no, no, what kept coming back into my spirit. And I really knew that the Lord was leading me to that. But boy, did I find it. I fought it for about two years and then in may of 2021 just surrendered it to jesus and he was so good where when i sat down and began to write our journey it was just it came so easy it really did it was not as difficult as i thought it was going to be Mm -hmm. it wasn't as daunting it was emotional it mm-hmm. was definitely emotional, but it was also therapeutic to revisit that and even revisit that with Abby, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to be like, hey, you know, I want you to read this. And if you want me to take anything out, if you want me to add anything, whatever, you know, 
here it is. It's it's open for you. And so it was really this healing for all of us, especially her and I and our mother-daughter relationship. That You know, that was going to be one of my questions was because I'm reading this and I'm going, wow, there's some details in there. And I'm wondering, what does Abby think about all of this? But to know, but to know that that's bringing healing to both you and her, I mean, that's pretty impactful. But take me back to while you're going through this with Abby, you did say something that is profound as you thought you were just this typical Christian family. And I think as sometimes when we are living that good Christian family life, we don't think that those things are going to happen to us. Did you, yeah. in, I mean, did you feel as if you were a failure as a mother at that point? Oh gosh. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I mean, uh, one of the one of the most humorous moments to me is about probably about a year and a half after this, one of my good friends, she's actually the one who designed the cover for the book, her and her husband sat us down and they asked my husband and I to be guardians for their children. So if something would happen to them, we, we would be guardians. Uh-huh. And I literally busted out laughing. I was like, what? <laughs> you, you know everything. Like, why would you want me to to, to uh, inherit your children? <laughs> and, um, so, and they both looked at me like I, you know, had egg on my face. Like, I was just like, what? And they were, they were like, Deanna. But that really was where I was. I felt like I have completely failed. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's a lie of the enemy to get me so wrapped up in her decisions and her identity that I forget, hey, no, I yes, I did not do everything perfect. And yes, there are regrets that I have. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I was not a failure and I am not a failure as a mother. So, yes, absolutely. And I think that's hard because our job as moms, man, like it's 24 seven. And when we're not careful, it our identity is wrapped up in being a mom. And here your identity Mm -hmm. was threatened in a way. And you have to go back Mm -hmm. to no, my identity is in Christ. My identity is not in being a mother. And like you said, that doesn't mean that we're perfect. We obviously were going to make mistakes. But you said in the book that your mind became your worst enemy. What did you mean by that? Mm -hmm. Oh, gosh. Like, it literally, I say my mind made up facts. Um, You know, you have, like, the truth, what's going on, what's in front of you. But, you know, the, the what if game is a real thing. And so it was what if this does happen or what if this already happened or what if, what if, what if. It was just absolutely unbelievable, like the the warfare. I mean, we, we always hear on the battlefield is in the mind, but my battlefield was absolute chaos. Mm-hmm. I mean, I did not know truth from lie. I did not know right from wrong almost. I mean, I did, but you know what I mean? Like, it was just like so many things where I would just wake up and my mind was just on constant. I couldn't sleep at night. It was, it was really, truly unbelievable the, the amount of warfare that was there for not just for my, daughter but even like I started wondering like okay are my boys telling me the truth you know like what's mm-hmm. what's going on with them you know what's 
going to happen with them? Oh my gosh, what's going to happen with my grandchildren? And if this would have happened with her, what's going to happen? Like, it was just unbelievable. And how do you combat that? Because that is something all of us deal with, is our mind. I mean, at at the time, I was weaponless. And when I say that, like, Mm -hmm. literally, I was in a place spiritually that... I tell people, like, I had laid down my shield and my sword a long time before, and Mm -hmm. that is a dangerous place to be because the way that we are to do battle and we are to do warfare is through the Word of God and Mm -hmm. through prayer and through worship even. And I was so dry spiritually that it was just ridiculous. And so the first step that I did was actually went to counseling for me and said, okay, I need help for me. Mm -hmm. And so the counselor began to, I say in the book, the counselor began to help me find me again because I was lost. I was, my identity was lost in that. And he was, uh, he was a Christian counselor. I think that that is very key. We Mm -hmm. need to have someone who is based on scripture, period. You know, that is what, that's the first step I took. And then it was just, Step by step, getting into the Word of God, allowing the Word of God to cleanse and deal with the issues that I had allowed in. I don't want to give away your whole book, of course, but <laughs> in in I, I really want to dive into chapter three. Uh, chapter three yeah. is titled The Trees, and you give that analogy that all of us have heard, is seeing the forest, mm-hmm. or you can't see the forest through the trees. Now, why was that specific in this moment in your life? I actually love that you asked that. So I, that statement was actually credited to my our founding pastor's wife. She, I might actually get emotional when I talk about her because she was the older lady that we hear about in scriptures and how the older lady needs to, you know, yeah. to invest in the younger woman. And mm-hmm. so that day that everything came to a head, Janie was actually here and she was here the the whole day, the whole entire day. I don't even know how many hours that lady sat in my living room in silence, just here, like in all of the chaos with police officers here and, people in and out and Abby and I going head to head and yelling and saying things that we should never say to each other. And (laughs) I mean, Miss Janey was literally just silent through it. And I know because I know her, she was praying. I know that that's what she was doing. But after one conversation with Abby that just had imploded, I was standing in my kitchen, and Janie's standing in front of me, and she's quite a bit shorter than I am, and she has gleaming white hair and these bright blue eyes, and she says, Deanna, right now you cannot see the forest because of the trees. Mm. She says, you cannot see the big picture, but I can promise you, you will get through this. Mm-hmm. And um, her, so her son, who we've heard many, we call them Jody stories, um, he is now our pastor at our church. Mm-hmm. And he was the one who gave her a run for her money. (laughs) He is the one who she was on her face for. And he is our pastor now. Mm -hmm. And she she looked at me and she said, I promise you, she has done nothing that your pastor did not do. (laughs) And God has redeemed it. 
Yeah. And I, I just remember sitting there thinking like, and I, I looked at her and I, I was crying and I said, I can't see that. And I said, yeah. she says, I know you can't. Mm-hmm. I know you can't. But I can promise you it will happen. And so that statement like just stayed with me. And then when I began to write our story, the Lord brought it back to me and gave me a, a visual. I'm a very visual person and I see things visually. And he gave me a visual of literally the trees that were blocking me from seeing the big picture, the big picture of how he redeems and how he brings hope to a situation. And he started naming those trees. It was literally such a revelation for me. And I just, I had to share it with everybody so that you would all know. Yeah. (laughs) This is literally what that statement is. So what's the tree of, uh, you say one of the trees is unforgiveness. What Mm -hmm. was going on there in that moment with your daughter? Well, for one thing, I would say, I say a lot in the book, but my biggest issue with this tree was forgiving myself as Mm. mom. You know, as a mom, we we literally think, I don't know that we actually ever say it, but I think that we think this, that when we give birth to that child, we become the all-knowing parent, right? (laughs) Like, we we know how to do everything that that child needs, you know, and in essence, that is not what happens. I mean, mm-hmm. we all know as soon as that baby's put in our arms, we, we freak out going, I don't know how to care for it, you know? Yeah. So, but the older that child gets and the more um, tests that come your way, man, you just, I, re- I actually remember telling a lady on the phone, like, how did I not know? How did I not know? And she's like, no, 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 no. You're not going to go there. But I was already there. Yeah. Like, I had already, like, I I sat there over and over again and beat myself up. Mm-hmm. So my first thing was, man, Deanna, you're going to have to let yourself off the hook. Mm. Like, you, you didn't come. She didn't come. Abby did not come with a manual <laughs> to say, <laughs> you know, here you go. This is how, I, this is what she's going to do, and this is what you're going to do. Like, she didn't come with that. And mm-hmm. so to let myself off the hook and say, okay, God, God is the only one who knows the end from the beginning, mm-hmm. not Deanna. So that was huge. That was huge for me. And then to obviously forgive the people who had hurt her Mm -hmm. and not just this young man, but in her life's journey. I mean, Abby's had a lot of, she's 22 now at that point she was 17. Abby had dealt with a lot of pain that no, no child should ever have to deal with to forgive them was crucial for me. That's a good point. I didn't, you know, sometimes you just don't think about that. You think about your, okay, your child needs to forgive those people. But as a parent, I mean, when you see your kid hurt, that hurts you too. And you have to forgive those that hurt your child. And I, I yeah, it's good. I think that's really huge. One other tree you yeah. mentioned, one other tree you mentioned is isolation. I think this is so, oh, this is so important. Tell me, dive into isolation a little bit. The reason I believe that I isolated myself was my pride. Mm. I did. I was embarrassed. I um, I did not know how to handle what was going on, and I didn't know how to handle people knowing that we were not the perfect average Christian family. Mm. <laughs> and. Okay. It was very, and I was not handling things well either, and I knew that. I was handling it very, very poorly, and so I didn't want other people to know that. I didn't, I didn't want that in my life, and so 
I and everything also, like I said, I mean, there were so many keys to isolating because because my whole focus was her and had to be her. Like I couldn't focus on my friends. I couldn't. I mean, if you would have called me and said, "Hey, Deanna, you know, I need you to pray for me," I would. Uh, I couldn't have done it. Like my whole focus was her. Period. And so, isolating became easy in that time. But then it truly just was fed by my pride because I didn't want people to know how broken we really were and how much we needed support and we needed prayer and we ultimately needed Jesus Mm -hmm. to step in and to intervene. And so I truly believe for me that isolating was a key that the enemy used over and over again. And honestly, this is something that he continues to tempt me with i even i told my husband last week i said i feel the cave calling loudly and he says well tell it to shut up (laughs) okay so i literally i told the lord last week i said okay i don't want to go back into a cave i know that that's dangerous and so he's so good because literally that day i had two um ladies who I do not spend time with, like, I do not, but they're good, solid ladies reach out and say, hey, let's, let's do lunch, let's do breakfast, and, and so that was such a God just honoring, hey, you're, I see what you're doing, I see that you don't want to listen to the enemy and go back into the cave of isolation. Do you, I mean, how do you get out of that? cave because this is a long process of dealing what you're dealing with with your daughter and all the counseling and it's not just God changing your heart it's God changing her heart and then the people around you I mean was there just a moment that you were out or was it just like what like what (laughs) tell me about that yeah I mean it was I think it was step by step choice by choice I mean I truly uh, in the introduction of the book I talked about the claw marks pulling myself out because it was a choice, first of all, that I, I had to come to realize, okay, this is not healthy. The practical way that I did it was my pastor's wife kept asking me to lead a Bible study of women, and I kept telling her no. <laughs> and then, um, I mean, I truly, because I felt completely like a failure, and, you know, not just as a mom at that point, but as a Christian, why would I lead a Bible study? Right. And she kept, she kept telling me, Deanna, you know, we need you, we need you. And so I finally did that, scared out of my mind. And God used those women who came to that Bible study to help me so much because I had to, number one, I had to get in the word even more regularly and study the word because I'm leading, Mm -hmm. but also to just encourage me. And I mean, they heard me going through all of the healing process and they would lift me up. And it, it was just, it was such, even though I was leading in truth, it was them leading me, if that makes sense. Like we were, we were walking through that together. But I do think that it's a journey. It's a constant choice to say, you know, I I know that this isn't healthy. This isn't healthy, but also to understand like there is value to being discerning. Like it doesn't mean that you just dive out and say, okay, well, here's all of my Here's all of my troubles. Here's all of my things that I have going on. And you just tell anybody because you do need to have discernment. So I want to make sure, you know, like people understand that, like not to just like blast it all over with everyone, but 
but to find those people that you can trust to, to have community with, I mm-hmm. think that that is how you do it, that it's still hard. It's still a choice. For sure. You alluded to this a little bit earlier, but do you feel that this situation with your family has made you more relatable to other moms where maybe they wouldn't <laughs> have related to you if you were that perfect Christian family? Yeah, so actually I had the opportunity to speak at a uh, women's event recently, and and, uh, I was asked to speak on parenting on purpose, and I literally was like, what, again, like, what, (laughs) what, you know, uh, can we talk about all the things I didn't do on purpose? But I remember telling Abby that I'm like, I just don't even understand why someone, I tell her this, why someone would want to listen to me talk on parenting you know when they know like what and she said mom she goes I don't want to listen to anyone who I don't want to learn from anyone who has never made a mistake right and I was like "Ooh, I mean that's my girl telling me that (laughs) and I'm thinking okay okay you know what you're right and so yes I I mean obviously it makes it makes me more relatable but I think I also say I would have never chosen this platform, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> because, I mean, who wants to go through what we went through to, to be able to be relatable? Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think because the enemy lies to us so well and says, you know, Rachel doesn't understand what I'm going through because Rachel's doing this, this, and this, and mm-hmm. Rachel has her kids and they're doing this, this, and this. And, you know, social media, good grief. You know, right. if we compare ourselves to the moms on social media, like, then we're like, okay, well, I don't have anything. Mm-hmm. And so I definitely know it's made me more relatable. But I think all of us, if we would just get honest with each other as moms and partner together, I think we're all relatable. We just yeah. have to get past the the, the me mm-hmm. aspect of it. Yeah. And just say, okay, you know, I've failed. Mm-hmm. I have failed. I know I've failed. I have regrets. But I also have seen God redeem those re- regrets and redeem those failures. And through that, there is hope. Mm-hmm. Let's make a little turn here. And just as we're fast approaching Mother's Day, speak to the moms out there right now. Why do you think it's so important to be spiritually healthy and good for your children? I mean, you said as when you were going through this, you were so dry. Why is it good to be spiritually healthy for them? Well, I would say, first of all, your focus cannot be your children. Mm. Your focus cannot be your husband. Mm -hmm. Your focus cannot be your friends. Your focus cannot even be yourself. Your focus has to be Jesus, Mm -hmm. period. And when my focus is Jesus, when I'm putting all I have into him and seeking him, then what happens with my relationships and motherhood being one of these is just, it's an overflow of that. And so for me personally, what I saw is that the the more I sought him, the more I was able to pray with power and with hope instead of fear and with worry the more I was able to actually focus on what scripture says about my children, what scripture says about my marriage, what scripture says about my relationships. And so it is, I don't really uh, know, you know, my husband always says God's ways truly are not our ways because we are not that smart. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, the, 
I don't really know how this works, but I know that it works, that the more that I become spiritually healthy and sold out to my Jesus, Mm -hmm. the more I see him work. And are they my ways? No, no, they're not my ways, but I delight in his ways. Like his ways literally make me laugh Mm -hmm. because they are so bizarre. And I would never think to do that. And so I I literally, I can't even tell you seriously how many times I have laughed at his ways. And so I really think the more that I rest in him and just knowing him, the more I can have healthy relationships, period, across the board. And motherhood is just one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's but really I would good. say too, like mother, you know, Mother's Day, like you said, is approaching. And I remember telling a friend actually last year on Mother's Day that Mother's Day can be really hard. Like, you know, And I don't know that everybody admits that or acknowledges that, but Mother's Day can be one of those days that where we're we're just handed a list of regrets. Hmm. Or maybe, especially for parents, if you're in a season where your relationship with your children isn't what it should be, (laughs) then these, these days are hard. Motherhood is really, really hard. I would say if, if that is the case, Pour your heart out to the Lord because he truly uh, understands it. He gets it and he helps heal us through that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. No, that's good stuff. Um, Deanna Gotts, your book just released a few days ago. It is on Amazon. You can follow Deanna on Instagram, Facebook. You can also follow her on Amazon, liking her author page. Deanna, is there anything else? And I'll make sure that I put the book and everything in the show notes. But do you have any last words for moms out there? Yeah, I would just say stay the course like the enemy wants you to get thrown off and the reason is because the prize at the end of this thing is way way greater than we even realize motherhood is hard this is truly a battle Hmm. and it is but it's so worth it oh my gosh we're talking about generations we have a culture that is inundated with everything pulling not just at us but it is pulling for our children and it's pulling for our grandchildren and they are worth the fight stay the course find what god wants you to declare over them and declare that and only that and you will see change there is no doubt in my mind that you will see change in your journey right now yeah no that's good thank you so much i really appreciate your time and your words of wisdom and just being vulnerable, sharing your story. Again, you can get the book, A Mother's Hope Restored. It is available now on Amazon.com. And you can also follow Deanna on Instagram and Facebook. Thank you, Deanna. Thank you for having me. This was new to me and I thoroughly <laughs> enjoyed it. Thank you again for joining Deanna and I on that very vulnerable conversation. If you feel hopeless, in your mothering, rest assured that God wants to take your pain and turn it into purpose. He is the God of restoration, redemption, and hope. Check out Deanna's book, A Mother's Hope Restored, in the show notes. And don't forget to download, share, and subscribe. And remember, you were created unique on purpose. You are loved. And because of Christ, you have been made worthy. I'll see you next week.